today on It's Time. I talk to a lot of people that say, well, I'd accept the Lord, but I'm afraid I'm going to fail. Let me tell you, first of all, you're going to. And in fact, there's a book written in the Bible just for that purpose. It's called First John. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. Well, good morning and aloha. Hawaii is a grand place. I came home and, um, you know, when you were growing up, if you were a guy and you were there in about the mid-60s, early 70s, they had things called slot cars. You know, you put the little car on the track and you didn't have to drive it. It would just follow the tracks. That's what my driveway is. I have about eight inches of snow. Then it rained and that snow soaked up the water. Then it refroze. So it isn't snow. It's blocks of ice, quarter of a mile long. So I I came home to that. And it reminded me of this guy over in Hawaii that was walking along the beach. He just got there. He was having his vacation. And he saw this bottle rolling back and forth in the water. He goes over and picks it up. And there's something inside. And he pulls out the cork and out pops the genie. And the genie says, you know, I've been in that bottle a long time. I'm going to grant you one wish. What do you want? And he said, well, you know, I love coming to Hawaii, but I hate flying. So I would like a road from Hawaii to to uh, L.A. and I can just drive all the way over. I don't have to worry about flying anymore. And the genie said, do you know how much work that would be? Do you realize there's big valleys underneath the ocean, all the dirt? No, no, no. Ask for something else. Man thought a minute, and he says, well, you know what I'd really like then? I'd like to understand women. I don't understand them. Most men don't understand girls. I want to understand women. Grant me that wish. And the genie looks at him for a minute and says, do you want a two-lane or a four-lane highway? Reminds me of the story of the Hawaiian and the uh, Alaskan sitting on a plane. They said, yeah, we remember several years ago we both became states. And the Alaskan looks at the Hawaiian and says, yeah, and our state's a lot bigger than yours. And the Hawaiian says, wait till it melts. So if you have your Bible, turn with me in them to the book of Exodus, chapter 24, Exodus 24. You know, it's really important that we know God's word. The Bible says in the last days, there's going to be a famine, not for food, not for water, but for the word of God. And unfortunately today, as we all know, the word of God is not really taught in church. That self-motivation, motivational speaking, how to realize your dreams, how to climb to the top. Sometimes churches are just viewed as a microcosm of an opportunity for business. 
But the Bible says that we are united as brothers and sisters under the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's why we must never forget who we are in Christ. And understanding that really to truly be a Christian, as Jesus said, we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus was speaking of the Old Testament. Now there's groups around today that say, well, we're a New Testament church, by the way, which we are as well. But we don't even read out of the Old Testament because uh, we're a New Testament church church. Well, then you're really getting an imbalanced meal concerning the word of God. Jesus said we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then what is so important about the Old Testament? Why is it that Jesus would say that about the Old Testament? Well, first of all, we have the book of Revelation that reveals who Jesus Christ is. In fact, that's what Revelation means, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. But you might say the Old Testament is the revealing of our Father in heaven. What pleases God, what God disdains. Now, God didn't change from the Old Testament to the New Testament. In fact, people have said to me, why was God such a God of miracles in the New Testament and a, a, you know, a God of wrath and fire and brimstone in the Old Testament? Well, God changed. No, God has never changed. In fact, Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. We never have to worry about going to God, wondering what kind of a mood he's in. Well, God, you know, I know a lot of crazy stuff's going on over the Middle East. Hope you're not in a bad mood, but I got to ask you this. Come back tomorrow. God doesn't do that. God loves you every day the same. Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, 8, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I remember years ago, I grew up in a Christian home, thank the Lord. And moms and dads, that's one of the greatest inheritances you can give to your children is a Christian home where God's word is honored, where God's word is spoken and taught, and where your children learn the precepts of God. That is so important because in a world of changing foundations, in other words, fads that are here today and gone tomorrow in our society and Hollywood and all those things. God's word remains standard and stable and that you can gauge your life by. That's why it's so important that we understand who God is. Now we're going to be getting into today of this time in which God gives to Moses in stone the Ten Commandments. We're going to talk about that a little bit. How originally God gave man his commandments in stone, but in the New Testament, God gave us his commandments in a heart of flesh. There's a difference. And the Bible says until we come to God, our hearts are like stone. When we come to God, God softens our heart, changes us, and causes us to be aware of his presence. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word this morning, we ask you that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. And this would not be ink on paper, but this would come alive in our hearts. And Lord, it would stick with us today, tomorrow, and the rest of our lives. And so as we study this together, may your Holy Spirit speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, As we've been going through the book of Exodus, we remember chapter 20 of Exodus. The Bible says, as God spoke the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel, it does not say that this will justify a man. 
It says in the same chapter where the Ten Commandments are given, this is a test. Remember those obnoxious tones that used to come over your radio or over television? It'd go, and you'd put your hands over your ears. This has been a test of the emergency broadcast system. If this had been a real attack, you'd be dead by now. No, that's not what it said, but that was basically the understanding and remember when we were kids, now some of you that, that came along later, you know, the 80s, 90s, but back in the 60s, when the arms race was on, I remember my mom went into a store over the Cuban Missile Crisis, and she walks up, she says, well, if we get in a war to this store clerk, what's going to be the hard thing to find? And the store clerk looked at my mom, honest to God, said, people, lady. Well, that's true. And we had this thing in school called duck and cover. And that's where when this ooh went on, you would get under your desk and you would put your hands over your ears and over your face and wait for the big bang. And that's the way we grew up. No wonder we're all messed up. This is the way. And and, and there was no protection for kids back then. There was no seatbelts. Remember the old station wagons? Now they're called minivans. But back in those days, they were called station wagons. And, and, and the seats would fold down, and they were metal on the backside. Yeah, they actually put metal in cars back then. And you and your sister and your brothers could all be in the back back there with the seats folded down, where you had this play area of about seven foot by four foot, and you could hit each other, pull each other's hair. You could make imaginary lines down the middle of the back of the thing and and you could fight with each other. Oh, they're touching me, they're touching me. And then dad would slam on the brakes and because it was metal and it was slick, we would all slide up to the back seat and there we would get our beating. That's the way it worked. There was no health codes. There was no... uh, The more sugary cereal was, the better it was, Remember? You didn't care what the cereal tasted like. What toy was inside? And you're digging through, looking for the little man, and you're looking around, making sure mom isn't coming in and checking you out, making sure you're not digging for the toy. This is the way we grew up. This is what standard was. And things change. And we see where we're at today. The Bible tells us there's going to be a lot more changes in the days to come. Let's go back one chapter. I want you to look at this verse. This verse has brought more comfort to me coming from the Old Testament than I believe many things in my life that I have found any comfort in. Verse 20 of chapter 23 of Exodus. He says, Behold, I send an angel. Notice the angel is capitalized. That's speaking of a theophany of Christ. Before you... To keep you in the way and to bring you into the place that I have prepared. God said this to the children of Israel that I'm sending an angel. And he says here again, to bring you into the place and keep you in the way where God wants us to be. Friends, if you're a Christian here this morning, take great comfort in this verse. God has already been there before you. Now, if you're not a Christian here, you're in trouble. And let's just face it. Let's look at it real quick. Because you as a Christian, you need to know the advantage that you have as a believer versus somebody that is not a believer. 
The Bible says you belong to him. We're going to get into how much you belong to him when we get into chapter 24 in a few seconds here. But you belong to him. But a person that is not born again, first of all, there's a couple of big problems. Number one, you're still locked in your sins. You carry that weight around, the things you have done wrong, the wish of would-haves in your life, you carry around, and it paralyzes you from going forward. But we cannot get free of that. That's why people drink. That's why people get loaded. That's why people want drugs. They want to alter themselves because they know in who they are in themselves, there's something wrong. So I want to change who I am, get a buzz on, so that way I can escape from the reality of who I am. See, a lot of times as we look at at addictions, oh, well, stop, stop doing booze. Well, I'm going to AA, man. I've recognized, you know, my higher power is a light bulb. Okay, and, and I'm not going to drink anymore. So you're not drinking anymore. Now you're a drugger. Well, I'm not going to do drugs anymore. Now you're a idiot. Because we're trying to run from the sins we can't escape from. That's where the problem is. Psychologists will tell you, overwhelming numbers, 80 to 95% of all clients that they have, if they could forgive themselves, they would not be needing psychoanalysts. They would not be needing the, 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 the psychiatrist to help them step back through their life because it's forgiven. But you can't forgive yourself. Why? Because the sin remains. If you don't understand that, you won't understand what we're reading today, and you really won't understand what Jesus Christ did for you and me on the cross. So first of all, we have got someone that's already gone in front of us. I like that. In other words, nothing takes God by surprise, which I can rest in that. Do you realize God knows where the best investments are? He's already there. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't. So if you're not a Christian, you're in the blind. So you're in your sins, you're blind, you don't know what's going on tomorrow, and you have no hope for tomorrow because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But as a Christian, God has already gone in front of me. God has already moved me where he wants me to be. And there he'll keep me. Now that's a good deal, friends. You trade something you cannot keep for something you will never lose in accepting Christ. It's like that story. A lot of you have seen that. You go into the Christian bookstores and it's got the little picture of two footprints going down the beach and then all of a sudden there's only one pair and it says and it says you know lord you said you'd never leave me or forsake me and yet now i only see one pair of footprints where did you go and the lord replies those are my footprints and the reason your footprints aren't here is you ran away no that isn't what it says well that's when i carried you but no i think a lot of times it's when we run away because we think there's another better way somewhere else, even sometimes as Christians. In the words of Bono years ago, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Well, the problem is, unless you realize Jesus is your everything, you're going to keep running, looking for what you can't manufacture in yourself. And so when you address the issue, address the 
source of the problem rather than the symptom of the problem, your life will change. So if you find yourself hooked up to alcohol, I want to tell you something real fast. You're trying to run from a reality of who you are. If you're drugging, that's the reality. You're running from who you are. There's always something that will keep us moving until we come to that place of rest. As it says, behold, I will send an angel, Jesus, before you to keep you in the way and bring you into the place that I have prepared. Boy, there's not a better place in the world than that. That's where you want to be. That's where the deals are. That's where God's peace is. That's where that rest is that the Bible speaks of. Let's go to chapter 24, verse 1. Now he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. So God calls Moses and these others, a total of 74, to come up to worship. Now, God's going to call Moses into a deeper place. Now, friends, that's what I want to tell you about. God has called you and me, come up here and worship me. You know, you need to get alone with the Lord. You just do. Because when we set aside the noise of daily life, the kids screaming, the TV blasting, cars breaking, all the snow, all the stuff that we just so much enjoy here. And you get alone with the Lord, God begins to refresh your heart and put you where he wants you to be. Remember, he's already gone before you. Now, if you're not a Christian here, again, you've got some some deep issues that you're going to have to deal with. First of all, If what the Bible says is true about life, sin, guilt, and punishment, you're you're facing an eternal separation from God in torment. And the Bible says in the book of, of Jude that it is eternal. It's not a flash in the pan. It's not annihilation. A lot of the cults teach that. The Bible says, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. I'm not going to change God's word. Don't let them change it on you found in the book of Jude. That's the first thing. You don't know tomorrow. You're carrying the sins of your past around you on your shoulders, which, by the way, you were never designed by God to do. And it paralyzes you from moving forward, at least in the way God wants you to move. Because you can gain the whole world, lose your own soul. What does it profit you? So God then says, hey, listen, what I want to do, I want to lift that burden off of you forgive you of your sins, you recognize that I will go before you and I'll lead you where I want you to be. Wow, that's a great deal, friends. That's what we're all looking for. We grope for information concerning the future. You look at the business world. You look at everybody's trying to figure out, well, is there going to be a bubble pop? Is there going to be this? Is there going to be that? And everybody's all upset. Hey, listen, find yourself in Christ. It doesn't matter about that stuff. Jesus said, consider the birds of the air. They don't have barns. They don't have work. He said, God provides for them. God will provide for you. That's just what he's promised to do. So we live in that promise. God says to Moses, come up here, you and your cohorts, and worship from afar. Then it says in verse 2, Moses alone shall come near the Lord 
but they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with them. So God says to Moses, I'm going to single you out to come up here. Now, friends, Acts chapter 2 changed everything where Jesus said, it's good that I go to the Father because I will send the Holy Spirit to walk alongside of you. That's what the word comfort means. Oh, and we all, we all need comfort, don't we? Talk to an alky. Oh, I got my southern comfort, you know. You talk to Linus. I got my blanket. I'm, I've got my comforter. You, you talk to different people. We're looking for comfort. But I have found that oftentimes we really don't know what brings us that comfort. I talk to people that are quite wealthy. They have a lot of more money than they'll ever spend in their life. And there's still something restless in their soul. I've talked to people that are, are, are basically don't have anything and they're at peace inside. What is that saying? Peace, comfort is not a statue of what you have or don't have. It's a condition of your heart. So how then do we get that? First of all, God said, I'll send my Holy Spirit to you. That's what he did in Acts chapter two, two and four believers. What does that, what does that mean? That God will send his Holy Spirit to us And as God did in the Old Testament, single out the Moseses and the Elijahs and the Elishas and the Josephs. God now says in Acts chapter 2, it's for everybody. You're all called to come to me. I like that about God. In other words, he's saying, I don't have favorites anymore. You're all my children. So the Bible tells us here, go up to him. So Moses came and told all the people the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And the people answered with one voice saying, all the words of the Lord, it says, they said, we shall do. So um, God singles him out and gives him the message. And the people says, all that God says we'll do. Now this really is overconfidence on behalf of the people of Israel. Okay, God, you, you gave us a standard. You told us what you want. Okay, we'll do that. Now, have you ever noticed something about you? I've noticed about me. The things, as Paul says in the New Testament, I want to do are the things I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, the things I find myself doing. Even though we know it brings destruction, what's wrong with us? Never, never notice that? You want to know why? I'm not going to tell you. No, I'll tell you. The Bible says it's not within you and me to live righteously. Well, that's a lot of help. No, the Bible says it's not within us to be good. Haven't you looked at your children? Can't you just be good? No. Why? We have inherited an old sin nature that came from Adam. We fell in the garden, all of human. In fact, the Bible says all of humanity groans under the sin of man. That's when you drive by and you see the cows out here in the field, and snow on their back. That's all part of the curse, everyone. Wild weather changes, all this kind of stuff that goes on. Hey, listen, that isn't the world God initially put us in. This is the result of that. So as we look at this, we understand then God's plan is to bring 
all of us to himself. Moses came and told the people God's judgments. The people said, this we will do. That's the intention of our heart, but we don't have the strength in ourselves. I've talked to a lot of people. They say, well, I'd accept the Lord, but I'm afraid I'm going to fail. Let me tell you, first of all, you're going to. And in fact, there's a book written in the Bible just for that purpose. It's called 1 John chapter 1. And if we sin, we have an advocate, we have an attorney with the Father, which is Christ Jesus, that will plead your case. You see, the thing is, I can't let the possibility of sin in my life paralyze me from going forward in doing what God wants me to do. Because if you do that, you will not move forward. So don't be scared of failing. God is bigger than the things that you've done wrong. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.